everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. Yesterday, Jesus told the disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the field. And literally today, we're reading Matthew chapter 10, he starts to send those laborers out into the field. And this is not like an easy mission. So we get a list of who the disciples are to start out the chapter, and then we get a short account of what he's telling them to do. First of all, I think it's worth mentioning, we always think of the same old, same old disciples when we hear this list. I think the name Thaddeus is fantastic, but he was a disciple, and I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, Funny note, too, like... Luke is not a disciple. Always thought he was. It's always like <laughs> it's, a thing. It's easy to mind. think like, well, I at least know four of the disciples: Matthew, yeah, Mark, yeah. Luke, and John. <laughs> Mark <laughs> wasn't one either. Yeah. Anyway, um, that being said, I think that this is a time when Jesus is getting ready to send out the apostles, which means that Jesus, as far as I remember, Jesus is kind of like sending them out to do their thing while he is away from them, right? Yeah, it does seem like he's going to be sending them out, uh, like into the mission field. I guess we don't know exactly what he's up to while they're out. Maybe he's fasting and praying, probably mm-hmm. supporting them in their mission. Maybe he's doing his own ministry. Uh, but that that's a good point. We don't know exactly what's going on. I think one of the things that's interesting about this list of disciples, aside from the fact that we often forget Thaddeus and mm-hmm. that Luke's not there, um, this was like an incredibly diverse group of people that would not have naturally gotten along. So if they had not left everything for Jesus and put Jesus above all else, they would have really struggled even spending time together. You'll notice Matthew, who's writing this, he is a tax collector. Um, And then there's Simon, the zealot, who like the zealots were like this really violent political party. They actually had like special knives. They're they're named after them, these little curved knives. And one of their favorite groups of people to kill on behalf of their zealotry was tax collectors. So the fact that Jesus is walking around with a tax collector and a zealot, like literally just that would be like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, yeah. It definitely speaks to... Uh, the incredible power of putting Jesus above all things, that even just in his 12 group of people, there were many people who would not have liked each other, but did because they were committed to Christ. I oftentimes think of, like as a teacher, I think of these verses 5 through 15, where Jesus is actually setting them out as being like this end of the year, end of the year goal. You know that you've taught them everything that they need to know up at this point or up to this point and that they are ready to move on to the next stage. And there's nothing you can do to hold them back except know that they are prepared for the job that you've set out for them, which is in school, moving on to the next grade. But I love this image that I get of Jesus being like, okay, so when you go, these are the things that you need to know. These are the things you need to have with you. These are people that you need to um, go and preach to. And he just sends them off. And like complete confidence that they'll be able to do what they need to do. Part of the mission that was surprising to me that I've probably read many times but didn't think about until now is that Jesus is sending them to the house of Israel. He's sending them to the Jewish people. It says in verse 5, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this is really crazy to me because I think in my mind I oftentimes think that 
his plan for sending people out was always to Gentiles. I'm not sure why that is in my mind, but I typically would go there. And this is specifically calling them out to the house of Israel. Yeah, Jesus seems to focus exclusively on the Jews. He is the good shepherd. Like if you would have, if we would have been reading this like straight through and we would have just, you know, dropped off the end of the Old Testament, we'd see how they needed good shepherds so badly. And Jesus shows up and is that shepherd to his people. Paul is going to be the one that really starts to focus on the Gentiles. And mm-hmm. all throughout history, um, God has been reaching out to people beyond the Jews. It's not a New Testament idea. God has always been revealing himself to people. And those who are faithful to him are welcome into the family. But Jesus seems to focus as much as he can on the Jews specifically. And anytime Jesus talks to a Gentile or witnesses to a Gentile, um, it's kind of like this weird side quest where like the Gentile actually sought him out. He didn't necessarily go to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of, and maybe I'm pulling something apart here that's not there, but we talked the other day about how Jesus was interacting with the Gentiles when they were off on the mountainside yeah, with right. the, the demon-possessed man. And it was, we had mentioned then that it was important that he did that because he was like almost leading by example that Mm -hmm. they also are a part of this as well. Mm -hmm. They are, they are a part of God's kingdom as well. Um, But what's really crazy is that he is just simply pushing the disciples towards the Jews. And I wonder too, if that speaks anything to like the edifying of the church Mm-hmm. first and because we hear that a lot in the new testament as well especially when we get into paul's letters like make sure that you are building each other up make sure that you are following god's laws and his commands first and then go and um, make sure to spread the gospel other places and so i wonder if that was part of that leading by example as well like make sure that you are edifying god's people first and then go and do these other things. There's definitely some level of seeking the lost. It's not that they're like completely insulated and they never go outside mm-hmm. of themselves, but he is sending them out and he's saying like, if they want to listen to you, then go in and speak to them. If they don't shake the dust off your sandals, keep moving. Like if people are against God, they're going to be against God. Go find mm-hmm. the people who are for God. So there is a interesting conversation to be had. And I'm sure it'll pop up several times as we go through the new Testament about like, How much do we seek the lost and how much do we grow the church? Well, because I think something important to remember, too, is that the people in the house of Israel are very aware of who God is. I mean, it's like part of their culture and their history. Like they know who he is, whether or not they believe in him or trust him is a very different thing. However, they are aware, at least, whereas Gentiles, I think, would be much more foreign. You'd be like starting from scratch uh-huh. with some of them. It, it's funny. I think they culturally understand who God is very similar to today. Like many, many people will say, oh yeah, I know God, but they don't worship God. Mm-hmm. They don't obey mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Like there's tons of people in churches who say they know God and they don't worship God. Um, so he actually does just to add to your point, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Who are the wolves? The wolves are the like non-practicing, non-believing Jews. So it's not like all these Jews are receptive. Mm-hmm. But he actually says that they're going to be handed off uh, to governors and Gentiles and authorities to be flogged and beaten and killed. So it's not like, <laughs> it's not hey, this is great. 
It is interesting, though, like if you think about how we sell the gospel today in so many settings, it's like, oh, man, God is going to bless you with so much and you are going to have so many things and more and more things are going to come your way and people will love you and people will cherish you. It's like, uh, that's that doesn't seem to be like what Jesus was saying. (laughs) Well, there's after we read about this sending off, there are definitely several four or five sections to come in this chapter where it's talking about the persecution that you will um, come into contact with um, how God's word it really is like it's divisive for people who don't believe what he says or who really um, try to push God out as much as they possibly can and overall like it's it's telling us about how God is going to reward us in heaven, whoever receives this word, and if they don't, that is like their ultimate decision that they've made on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, the, so I would say the overwhelming theme of this chapter is be obedient and allegiant to only God. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Do not compromise. Do not go halfway. <laughs> Do not go one quarter of the way, be obedient to God. You're not supposed to put your parents above God. You're not supposed to put your kids above God. You're not supposed to put your spouse above God. It's you and it's God. You're obedient to him. He actually says, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Mm -hmm. I love pointing this Mm -hmm. out. People that say that Jesus didn't teach about hell, they're silly, silly people that do not know what they're talking about. This is Jesus clearly saying like, hey, you're going to be judged. And I wonder if that would be a good message for today. I know it goes so much against our like happy, loving, peaceful Jesus, Mm -hmm. but stop fearing people who have no influence over your eternal destination. (laughs) Who cares what they think? We need to preach the truth. We need to live the truth. We need to be obedient to God because our fear is of him. And that's not, I just don't buy that it's like this really respectful awe of God. I understand that's part of it. I think it's actual fear, like do not disappoint God, because when you disappoint God and when you're disobedient to him, what happens to you? You're judged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that it is definitely a harder message to hear these days because it's so explicitly like black and white. And I think we resonate oftentimes in the gray areas of the things that we can keep, the things that we can stay comfortable in. And I will say, like, hearing some of this this part of, um, like, the division that, that God's word has, like, even for myself, like, how often have I put you, Ryan, in God's place because I expect you to do mm-hmm. everything for me in more than just physical ways or um emotional ways but also spiritual things like I expect you to do the things that I should be expecting of God or trusting in God to do um do I put my children in a place where I um desire their happiness or desire Mm -hmm. their um their love or whatever more than I do of God I'm sure that that is a real thing in my life I'm sure it will become harder as they grow older Um, but I think it's pretty often that we are willing to put many things in God's place Mm -hmm. and justify it in our own minds in order to make ourselves feel a little bit more comfortable. Look what he says in verse 38, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's not a prosperity preacher. Mm -hmm. That is not like... 
this is going to be smiles and rainbows forever. Like he's using capital punishment terms to pick up your electric chair and follow me. Pick up your lethal injection and follow me. Like, this is like mm-hmm. your... We always put cross in, like, this happy-go-lucky thing. It was, yeah. a, it was a means of torture to death. So it is like, lose the things that distract you from Jesus. Lose them. Mm-hmm. Get rid of them. Because all they do is separate you from Jesus. And I think what's important there is, like, don't lose your spouse. Don't lose your children. But don't put them in God's place. Why in the world would you be asking... How close to sin am I allowed to be? Yeah. How how close can I get without disappointing God? No, stop it. <laughs> you need to be asking how you can get closer to God so you can be as close to God as possible. We're mm-hmm. not friends with the world. Uh, we don't find our hope in the world. We find our hope in God and our obedience and our allegiance is only in God. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want to wrap this up with a really pointed your part for today. I mean, we live in a world that is plagued by Christian compromise, and I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm just kind of over <laughs> it. We need to be, like, so obedient to Jesus so that we are losing our lives so that we can find them. And the, the people that heard this, they understood what it meant because many of them gave their lives so that they would be honoring Christ. And I think this starts in an easy way by actually reading God's word and knowing what it says. There's no room for confusion if you're actually reading it and taking the time to understand it. If you're not reading it and you're just taking what other people tell you God's word says, even if you, I mean, if you want to read today's and not just hear the words we're saying, it's so important to actually spend the time in God's word so that there is no confusion. You don't have to worry about the little lovely saying that your your pastor or your friend or whoever said, go to God's word and there will be no confusion. I, I want to challenge you too. Like don't read God's word thinking through how much you're allowed to keep. Mm-hmm. Read God's word, finding out how much you should give away so that you can be closer to him. So if it's about finances, don't don't think like, well, how much can I keep for myself? No, think how much could I possibly give to God? If it's about your life and your influence, not like how much can I keep for myself? How much time can I keep for myself? No. How much time can I give away to God? How much authority can I give to God? How much influence can I give to God? How much like fame can I give to God? Don't don't think about yourself. Think about obedience to Jesus because these guys that heard this message were Christians today because they were obedient. Mm-hmm. We are saved from our sins. We are freed from hell because they were obedient, because they made Christ more important than anything. Obviously, we're saved through Jesus. I was going to say, I don't think that's right. <laughs> but we have received the message from from a, a history of people who risked their lives and gave their lives in obedience to Christ. I'm not telling you to go out and find a reason to become a martyr. I'm telling <laughs> you to be willing to suffer for Christ's sake. Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's what Paul's going to say later on. So figure out how you can put this into practice. Don't sit around on it. Do something today to honor Christ with your life. We'll be back around uh, on Monday. It's a weekend. Have a great weekend. Hey, and also, if you have any kiddos that live in your house or you know some younger kids, probably between the ages of about four years old to like fifth grade, we have a kids podcast that we have just put out. We have two new episodes, uh, one that came out last week and our newest will be out today. So if you haven't had a chance to look at it yet, it is called God's Plan, Your Part for Kids. We're really excited to have your kids or other kids that you know join along with us as we learn about a different character 
from the Bible each week on Fridays. So if you haven't had a chance to look at it, go ahead over and check us out. Uh, I think you'll enjoy what we have to bring. I would say it's like still in our beta phase where we're like still (laughs) figuring this out. So if you do go and listen, we'd love you to go and listen. Uh, We'd also love for you to let us know what you think. Like, Mm -hmm. was it useful to you? Because we, we want God's plan, your part to be... Uh, kind of this idea of giving people the tools they need to make Jesus the main thing in their lives and to support Jesus being the main thing in their lives and in their families. And we think that God's Plan Your Part kids will be great for your family. So go check it out and let us know what you think. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Matthew chapter 10. And he called to him his twelve disciples, and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal every disease and affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts. No bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it, and if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak and what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and the children will rise against their parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those who are of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. 
and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.